Just a very warm welcome to everybody this morning. It's just so wonderful to be home after being away for three weeks. Uh, what, a, what a three weeks. Just wonderfully special, tiring. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the few visitors today, we, Milan and myself, have been uh, to America for three weeks, and we spent the, the last two weeks at a uh, doing a conference at Bethel in, in Redding, California, and then we went to a church called The Mission. Uh, Mandy, maybe you can put up uh, just a few photos. I know most people uh, fall asleep during uh, slideshows, but so hopefully you won't fall asleep. Uh, uh, this is the beautiful home that we stayed in, and we stayed with uh, uh, eight uh, South Africans from Bethlehem, uh, Johannesburg and Richard and Joel Lawton from, uh, from Hillside. And it was wonderful just connecting with them and being with them and seeing what God is doing in a little town called Bethlehem. There's a wonderful move of God. Uh, just go back one. Sorry, you can't see very well, but uh, next one. Uh, John, this is John Crumpton. We used to be part of Foundation Ministries. And uh, Derek Crumpton used to uh, be in charge of Foundation Ministries, ministries and she, he looked after our church. And this is his son who led the tour. Uh, when he, about a year ago, when he thought of doing this, there were uh, going to be, he's hoping about 20 or 30 people would come. And 115 from South Africa. It was the largest contingent ever at Bethel of a, of a group from outside the, outside the country. And he was a wonderful guy. You can't, this is uh, him handing over a rugby jersey to Bill Johnson, who headed up the, the conference. Anne will be very jealous. That is the prayer room. That is this dedicated building just for prayer. Uh, and they, when, when you go to, uh, there's, they've got the compass, north, east, west, south, and you can pray for your nations. They've got a, a, a globe. And you can pray for, for your nations. And it's open 24-7. There's always, uh, always somebody there praying. Uh, we had some wonderful worship from the, from the Bethel team. Uh, Anthony was, my, that's my son. Anthony was uh, part of the prayer team. Afterwards, at the end, he prayed for, prayed for people. And I managed to get a shot of him praying. Just a beautiful sunset. Every day, every day it was like that. It was hot as anything. It was 30, between 35 and 40 most days. Uh, Keep writing, just some, some wonderful worship. The conference was called Open Heavens. Uh, another, this is uh, uh, Brian Johnson, who uh, heads up Bethel now, has taken over from his dad. Eric Johnson, sorry, Eric Johnson, sorry, Eric, and uh, Jen Johnson. Uh, this is the family reunited, and uh, in, we had a, a bri on the, on the Saturday for the uh, South African contingent. So there was 115 of us and about 50 students. So that, that couple are from Beth, Bethlehem, and, and their child, both their children are also doing Bethel School of Ministry. There's uh, Julia Reader and Candace and Richard Lawton and Candace's boyfriend. So Julia is part of us. Hello, Julia. You're there in the corner. <laughs> this couple, an amazing couple, uh, uh, Richard and, and Libby Gordon. Richard works for, for Greg, uh, Greg Reed, uh, and he's been uh, in, in uh, Bethel for the last couple of years. His wife won the first year award, was the, the top student in the first year, and she was top student, I think, in the second year, and he was top student in the first year, and they're from South Africa. So last year, there were four awards given. Three of them were for South Africa. And so a sense of revival breaking through. And such beautiful, gentle people. I've never, I've been, I'm overwhelmed by just the love and compassion that they had for, for us. And, and there's Amy, Amy with, with Richard. So this is the briar, and I think probably uh, somebody's about to pray. We had a wonderful briar. We had real steak. No bourrevos, but we had real steak. <laughs> the Amy is at, at a... Boards at a university, and that is just some of the university building. It's absolutely beautiful. It is absolutely amazing. That's, she's got a little chapel at the university, which she uh, can go and play the piano and, and, and worship there by herself if she wants. Reading Civic Auditorium, that's where the first years meet. 1,200 first-year students meet there. Uh, th there they are gathering. We went to one of the meetings. Uh, next one. 
Here they are praying, 1,200. They've just heard an announcement that there is going to be a... Uh... You know, we've, two, for two years we've had Bethel students come here. That, that's been around March-ish. And so um, every year around that time, all the Bethel students go out into the world on their mission trips. And now they've just heard news that this year in March, they're not going to go all around the world. So everyone is devastated. But actually what is going to happen is all 2,100 of them, first years, second years, and third years, are all going to go en masse to Los Angeles to what? Yeah, with who? Uh, I'll take over. <laughs> with who? Who Engel? <laughs> Lou Engel. Lou Engel. Who Engel? Lou Engel. And uh, they just heard that announcement. And, and Azusa Street in 1904 was, I think, one of the pivotal points in the breaking of the charismatic renewal or the Pentecostal stuff, which all happened at Azusa Street. So they are partnering with uh, YWAM, with a whole lot of other organizations. So there's going to be 2,200 students from Bethel uh, walking the streets of Los Angeles, and there's going to be a big uh, event uh, in a stadium, and they're hoping to fill the stadium, which will probably be about 100,000. So it's very exciting. This is just a bunch of Anthony and Amy's friends. We went out for pizza one night. You, uh, you must enjoy pizza here because uh, a burger and chips costs about 150 rand in the States. It's, it's amazing. 100, yeah, 150 rand, no. Okay, next. Here are the, the, the people that we stayed with. Uh, a wonderful bunch of, bunch of people, just full of Jesus. And uh, I think all the 115 have a sense of, of this is uh, taking revival back to our, to our nation, to our country, uh, so it's very exciting. And uh, the lady uh, in the middle there is uh, Claire Muriel, who was Anthony's uh, pastor in first year and now is Amy's pastor in second year. And so we took her out for supper. And she comes from England and just a wonderfully beautiful person. And I think we might be getting to near the end. I don't know. Is there any more? Uh, yeah, then we went to another church called The Mission which is in a town called Vacaville. It's about 1,200 people. Uh, and the church is, and uh, uh, this is, my nation shall be a, called a, a house of prayer. That's over the auditorium. And just amazing, amazing people. Uh, it's, it was uh, just, oh, very exciting. Yeah, she's drawing with her hands. During the worship, uh, it started off, uh, and unfortunately, I didn't realize, and I only took a photo quite, quite towards the end. Go to the next one. And it says there, furious love. She wrote furious love, and it's wild roses on, the, on, a, on a hillside. And she painted all with her hands while the music was playing. She, she got very uh, filthy and dirty and paint all over herself. But what a wonderful prophetic story it was. I just read on, the, on, the, on Facebook that one of the ladies from South Africa had a dream the night before about uh, wild roses. And she couldn't believe it the next day when this lady uh, uh, painted this picture. So the last picture is uh, John and... Who's that guy again? Dan McCullum. Dan McCullum. Uh, so... So what, we had a just absolutely wonderful time. It was absolutely incredible. Life-changing, encouraging. Uh, and uh, we will share some of the stories over uh, the next while. Before, I do, before we go and we ask Milan, I think we might do it over a couple of weeks. Uh, I would just like uh, if we can take up an offering. Otherwise, I will definitely forget that. And so, Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for your blessings in our lives. We thank you that you provide for us. We thank you that everything we have comes from you. And, Lord, you provide much more than, than even we need and ask for. And so we, we ask, Lord, that as we, as we give, we ask, Lord, that you would multiply this and, and, and it would be a blessing to your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Well, so, hello. It's so good to be home feel like we've been gone for longer than we have.
just because so much has happened. So I'm going to just tell you some stories and weave a couple of things between the stories. And um, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but that's cool. God knows where it's going to go. Um, So we left here on the last day of September, and we arrived on the 1st of October. And that was clever because... The conference only started on the 7th of October, so we had time. We didn't realize, well, I didn't realize, but um, the the jet lag was, I don't remember being that tired ever. Goodness me. Come on, man. And um, so we had about five or six days in the States just to relax, be with my cousin and our friends in San Francisco. And it was good just to be allowed to be tired and then comes the following Tuesday when we're asked to, when we, we planned now to go back to the San Francisco airport to meet these 115 South Africans. And um, so we were all under the banner called Global Legacy. So they've all flown Joburg, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, San Francisco. And we get to the airport, and we're all refreshed and happy. Thank you very much. And they are finished. <laughs> Shame. And um, we all meet at an appointed place, and there's just some people just lying on the floor fast asleep. And we're waiting for our bus, and our bus comes, and it's actually two big luxury buses. And we're just going to quickly drive for three and a half hours to Reading. This is the moment I've been waiting for because Reading equals Blackman children. Yay, I can't wait to see my kids. So um, we get in the bus and a three and a half hour drive takes us seven hours because of the traffic in San Francisco. It's frightening. So we get to Bethel Church. We left at three o'clock in the afternoon and we get to Bethel Church after nine in the evening. And from there, we get divided up into our groups and you go in bus number one and bus number two and these are now minibuses. So we experienced taxi driving. So there were 14 of us in our minibus that belonged to two homes, six in one home, eight in the other. And so we drop the six off in their home, and all I want to do is get to my home because I know my kids are waiting there. I've given them our address, and Anne says, cool, I live 800 meters away from where you are, so yay. And Amy said she'd find a way to get there. And so we're following the directions. We're not sure where to go. We think it's this road. Yes, here's Woodside, yay. Fourth, Fourth driveway on the left, and there I see my kids. They're sitting. It's such an American scene. It's laughable. So no fences. Wide road, um, immaculate lawns, all the lights work, because, you know, first world country. And my kids are sitting on the driveway with their backs against the white garage door, leaned up against one another, under the basketball net. Because that's what they do in America, surrounded by food and bags and books, and they're just chatting. And I think I got out the van before it stopped. It was so good to see them again. And Ant and Amy are doing really, really, really well. They're just, they're thriving in that atmosphere, which I would call empowering. It's just an empowering environment that you're in all the time. Um, You speak to someone socially, you just say, hi, I just feel like I have a word for you. And before you know it, your hi has turned into a prophetic word because of the color that you're wearing or the smell that you smell of or something. It's amazing. So it turns out that the group of 115 of us made quite an impact wherever we went. So we were given these, these um, lanyards with n- names, and the lanyards were made of fabric that was either bright orange or bright green with the South African flag on them. So people twigged very soon, oh, there are South Africans. Geez, there's a lot of them. And as we began to meet with all the leaders of Bethel, they said to us, never ever has this ever happened before that this many people would come from one nation. And so they did the thing when they opened the conference. Who's from China? 
who's from Canada, yay, 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 all over the world, and people would put up their hands, three or four scattered around the congregation, around the auditorium. Who's from Norway? And about 25 people got up over there. Yay, we're from Norway. And they were an organized group like we were. And they saved South Africa for last because they knew. (laughs) Who's from South Africa? Yes, these guys got up. We had that day just beaten America at rugby. (laughs) And the roaring lasted for a long time. So people were, Anthony said to me at the end of our visit, he said, Mom, it's official. The latest cool thing is to be South African in this community. (laughs) So that was cool that we made such an impression. And um, on our last Sunday here, a lot of people gathered around us to pray for us. And there were quite a few prophetic words, remember? And Daryl said, you are going to go to Bethel to fetch the key. Do you remember? The whole trip was about keys. Even the worship leaders wear chains around their necks with keys. Open heavens, how can it be open if you don't unlock it with the key? Everything is about keys, and there's a dude called Bob Hazlitt. And Bob Hazlitt was one of the um, speakers at Open Heavens, and he just painted this amazing picture. So he says, Daddy's coming home. We're at home, we're the family, we're at home, and the kids are small, and they can hear the car, and the dog starts barking and wagging his tail, and the door opens, and Daddy comes in, and you wait. You you hear his keys jingle as he puts them down. And he said to all of us, take out your keys and jingle them, 800 of us. 800 keys jingling. Oh, Jonathan, thank you. Jingle your keys, guys. Jingle your keys. Take them out and jingle your keys. Jingle your keys. Daddy's coming home. Okay, the point is, that's the devil's perspective of healing and miracles and open heavens. Daddy's coming home. And he knows his time is coming up. His t- the clock's just ticking. And um, the keys are so significant. So hats off, Daryl. Well done. Thank you for that. So now, it's Wednesday, oh, and these poor South Africans, they are so tired. We'd arrived the day before, and we found out our homes, and we've slept the night, and now it's Wednesday, and we have a meeting with Bill Johnson. Just the 115 South Africans met with Bill Johnson. We gave him uh, a rugby jersey, South African rugby jersey. And I would like you all to know that I gave him a CD of our very own Jonathan Leach, a preach of his. And I said to him, this is an 80-year-old British version of yourself. I really hope he listens to it. But what an, what an amazing man who carries such presence with him. He's just, he's all about God's presence. We finished with that. It was at a campus off Bethel. Now we all go to Bethel. We register for the conference. And now we've got some time to kill. So I take Alan to the prayer house, which is, as you saw, a photo of it. I don't think they allow you to take photos inside. They actually say, please, will you not take photos? Just respect people's privacy because people are just meeting with God. It's intimate stuff that happens there. And there's a compass on the floor. And north, south, and west, and east. And it takes up the whole of the room, which is about the size of the upper room upstairs. And there's a fountain just doing its thing quietly, and uh, cushions and chairs and windows everywhere. You can just face outside and, and meet with God, and it's very beautiful. So, you know, you just sit there and you absorb God's presence, and the atmosphere is just so thick when you walk in there. So I had my computer and I settled down for a while and suddenly in a state of urgency, I opened my computer and just typed a prayer. And I typed it and typed and typed, 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 closing my eyes while I'm typing, closed the computer and forgot about it. And I picked it up um, yesterday afternoon and found it. Oh gosh. 
So um, I kind of felt like God was telling me that I need to read it to you. So it's just going to be messy because it's close to my heart. Who knows about the story about Floppy? How many of you? Show us hands. So not many of you have heard about Floppy. Floppy is our dog who died. It's a whole story that happened. We were called out as a family prophetically by an incredible prophet. And this prayer was typed before that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for your mercy. Your goodness overwhelms me. I am here again in this prayer house where your presence is felt thick in the air and in my lungs, in my heart. Thank you. This moment, this hour, this week, this journey, this adventure, preordained by you, nothing by chance, everything in your hands. Thank you. Take me deeper into you. Take me into fresh pastures where your love is like rivers of living water. Show me who you are. A fresh revelation of your glory and grace, Jesus. Your mercies are new every day. Fresh. You are Father, you are Son, you are Spirit, each defined, yet all three in one. I want to be just like you. I want everything you have for me. I know you have more than my dreams or expectations could ever reach. I know you want to give it all to me. I want to walk in my full inheritance in you. That's a scary prayer. My beautiful king, I want to be just like you. You are just. You are true. You are pure. You are lovely. You are righteous. You are hope. You are kind. You are compassion. You are all-consuming power. You are truth. You are wise and strong. You are my world. Show me your face. Take this incredible gift of this conference. Take me and all my inadequacies and my brokenness. Take me and mold me into you. Mold me into your beauty. Shift me into a fresh place of renewed energy, strength, and vitality. Give me your eyes, your ears. Give me your mind, your heart. I want to know you more. Please show me your face. Without you, I'm nothing. In you, I am your beloved and nothing else matters. You are my breath and I love you. So then we go after that to... um, Oh, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So that just kind of came straight out of my heart, through my hands. Tap the lot, shut the computer, and that was that. And then we go into the conference. Started on one Wednesday night. And these poor South Africans who've been traveling across the world slept through Bill Johnson. Because, you know, you get that tired. The next day is Thursday. It's the afternoon. I'm sitting in my chair, and we're listening to a man called Sean Bowles. B-O-L-Z. He is a remarkable prophet. God downloads information into him before the event. He types it up on his iPad or his iPhone, and then he refers to that at the time of ministry. So, for example, he'll say, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling like there's two dates, 3rd of November and 2nd of July, and a couple will stand up. Yes, that's our birthday. Oh, that's cool. You have four sons? And they go, yes. And he names the sons. So I know that some people have issues with this. I do not. My God spoke the universe into being. I think he can do something as small as tell people 
the intimate details of my life. It's nothing for God. This guy listens and hears what God says, and he speaks it out. He takes risks, and he's not afraid. So he's speaking to us. I'm sitting in my chair. Alan's on my right, and I'm going through a time of believing lies. So I'm sitting in my chair, and I'm having a conversation enraged with God, and it sounds like this. You never call me out. These prophetic words are always for other people. I'm obviously not special for you. Everyone else comes first. It's never about me. In this particular case, it was all about me. Self-pity party happening here. And I was getting enraged. And I'm in the middle of this place. And suddenly I hear him say, all right, everyone, it's time for ministry. Stand up, put your hands on your heart, repeat after me. God, please forgive me for my unbelief. (laughs) And my head snapped up and I felt like I'd been punched in the guts. Man, I took that thing on. I put both hands on my heart and I said, yes, sorry. Oh, jeez. I actually thought it was funny. The timing of it, please forgive me for my unbelief. What am I thinking? And what I want to say here is this thing about unbelief. Unbelief in Christians' minds is the primary stronghold for blocking God in our world. Because our mind is where we believe, where we choose to believe that God is who he says he is. And the mind is the battlefield of the enemy. It's like Gideon in Judges 6. Gideon is, is, is like he's not a well man and he's hiding. He's eating something in secret and an angel appears to him and calls him a mighty man of valor. Like he doesn't look like a mighty man of valor. But he chooses to believe that he is and lands up conquering The greatest spiritual warfare is to change the way you think about God and yourself and the church. You choose to believe that God is who he says he is. It's a choice. So, belief is a mindset. Belief is, it happens in the mind. The word is trust. I trust you. It's in my mind. I trust you. It's inside of me. It's in my heart. I trust you, God. You are who you say you are. What comes out of our mouth is a reflection of our heart. And the Lord started to speak to me two weeks before we left to go away about the power of the spoken word. The stuff that comes out of our mouths is crucial. It's so powerful for darkness or for light. So Peter is in the boat, and he sees Jesus standing on the water. Like, how freaky must that have been? And he looks at Jesus, and he's been watching that man for a a while. He knows that when that guy speaks, power happens. If you are my Lord, tell me to come to you. Jesus, Peter's not going to walk on the water without Jesus inviting him first. So the invitation comes from Peter. If you are my Lord, tell me to come to you. And Jesus responds and says, Peter, come. And Peter walks on the word. He walked on the water, yes, but he walked on the word of God. Jesus is the word. I can say to you, Amanda, you know Joe Bloggs. And you can say to me, oh, what a failure. You've put that on him. Those words, we can complain about our lives. Oh, I'm always so miserable. And then we wonder why we are so miserable. We speak it over ourselves. And yet that power is equally as strong in the light when we speak words of life and light. So stand up now, put your hands on your hearts and say after me, God, forgive me for my unbelief. Man, I stood up. And I said, Jesus, please, God, Father, forgive me for my unbelief. I'm sorry. 
Is there anyone here who has a dog called Floppy? That's the next words that came out of Sean Bowles' mouth. We're standing in an, in, in an auditorium of 800 people. He says, it's just a, it's a weird name. It's a weird name, but I heard it clear as a bell. So I just want to say, does the, the name Floppy, it's a dog, does it mean anything to anyone? And I am reeling over the chair in front of me. Blackie's next to me putting his hand up. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's me. Because we had a dog called Floppy who died earlier this year. She was a golden spaniel. Oh, cool. He says it's you. And this dude is amazing because he speaks so um, accurately and he's amazed at what comes out of his mouth. So he'll say something and then he'll say, oh, that's so cool. So he says, oh, so you, you have, for real, you have a dog called Floppy. And we said, yes. And he said, was she a golden retriever? No, she was a golden spaniel. So she was golden. Yes, she was. And she died recently, right? Yes, she did. Well, I kind of just saw a picture of her on a great big soft couch in heaven. And Jesus is just like loving her at the back of her neck like this. Did she, did she like own the couch at home? And we said, yes, we shared the couch with Floppy. Floppy would be on the couch and we'd push her off and she'd go. So he said, well, that's awesome because she's, she's on the couch. She's on the couch in heaven and that's good news. You got to know the whole auditorium erupted at that. Because that was such a cool little word of hope for everyone. Because if our dog is in heaven, then clearly everybody's dogs are in heaven. So, oh, they were so happy that all their dogs are in heaven. And he said to us, Floppy took you through a space of time that was um, difficult and she was an emotional comfort for you. And um, is Amy your daughter? Yes. She's, you guys are from South Africa, I can see because of the tags around your, your neck, but I'm feeling that you're from Durban, right? Yes. Okay, that's cool. So I felt the Lord say that your family is going to come to a place where you'll see there's nothing lost. You've gone through a great season of battle for the last 10 years, but nothing's truly been lost. Nothing's lost because Floppy's in heaven on the couch. <laughs> waiting for you and when you get there she'll share the couch with you (laughs) tell Amy her destiny is not only secure but it's provided for the choices she's making right now are so huge and she can almost not fail because she has such a great heart I just want to encourage you to tell Amy that it's not only going to be okay but it's going to be more than okay. She's always had the spirit of excellence on her but I tell you what, she's about to go into something that is going to blow you all away because God is going to give her an opportunity that's bigger than she could dream for. So that's yay. You know, he's spoken about Floppy and Amy and isn't that wonderful? Still not about me, but it's okay. It's about my daughter. (laughs) Then he goes back and he looks at his phone. Oh, this might also be for you. Is there a Mary and Ellen? (laughs) That would be me. And he's looking for the second person and Ellen says, she's my wife, Mary Ellen. Oh, you're one person. Oh, that's wonderful. Because it makes it less complicated. He says, is it your 25th anniversary this year? Yes, it's our 25th and He called out the date even in January. And he says, this is a perfect picture. Silver. Silver is the anniversary. It's a perfect picture for the word. It's the redemptive year. It's the redemptive capstone year of everything that has been redeemed so that you can go into the next year fulfilled. It's going to change everything. And I'm actually battling to stand at this point because I'm thinking... How could I have been in such a place of unbelief five minutes ago? And look what God is doing. Anthony, the musician, is he your son? So there's more. So Anthony happens to be in the room at the time because he's a second-year student, and second-year students are allowed to volunteer for these conferences. So unbeknown to me, Ant is actually standing at the end of our row. I didn't see him there. So... Oh, he's here. That's cool. Okay, there you are. I can see you have two tags. You're a BSSM student. Okay, Anthony, you're a musician. Yes. 
I feel like you've been dabbling in your sound and your identity, but by the time this year is over, it's going to pay off so well because you're going to find the finishing work of your musicianship, and God is going to give you great opportunity in this world of music. It's a worldwide call, not just a local call for Durban. He's working for you. You're like a hopeless musician. It's like you have to do it or else you'll die. And I feel like the Lord is saying he died for you to do music, so don't worry about it. And so that's how our conference kicked off for us. And what's interesting is that before we left South Africa, a number of people said to us, there's going to be a thing for your family. Your family is going to be called out. And in the meantime, Amy's friends at home were saying to her, Amy, when your mom and dad get here, there's going to be a special thing that's going to happen for your family. The power of the spoken word. I stood up and I put my hand on my heart and I said, forgive me for my unbelief. And I said it loudly because I really, really meant it. And I really, really wanted something from God. We have the ability to prophesy things into being. It's, it's what we were born for. We can all prophesy. We just have to prophesy God's goodness. David stood before Goliath, little old David, big Goliath. And do you know what he said to him? David said to Goliath, dude, I'm going to cut off your head. David standing there with no sword, he got five stones and he prophesied his victory into being. So needless to say, after that, um, we became known as the floppy guys. <laughs> so people came to us and they'd say, oh, that's so cool. Your dog's in heaven. How cool is that? And I'm thinking, yeah, but did you hear the words about our 25 years and my, and my Amy is going to blow us away and Anthony's this hopeless musician. Yes, but floppy's on the couch in heaven. <laughs> So we became known very quickly as Floppy's mom and dad. And Amy put the, um, the video on Facebook, so it just, yeah, it spread quickly. Another amazing story then happens later. So that was on Thursday afternoon. It's now Saturday morning. We go to the Bry, and I've just heard news from home from my nephew that our cat has died. Yeah, my beautiful little kitty. She was a Russian blue she was so beautiful, and she was so old. She was 17 years old, and she died of heart failure. So <clears throat> I'm standing telling Anne's friend, a South African mate, that, oh, my cat has died. And his friend Peter is standing next to him, who I haven't yet met. Peter knows nothing about me. Oh, says Kate, I'm sorry, your cat died. I said, yeah. Um, she was very old. How old was she? She was 17 years old. And this guy looks at me and says, Ma'am, I kind of feel like I need to tell you that old things have passed away. Everything has become new. And that is also a, a thing that God spoke to me about also two weeks before. I had an epiphany with God two weeks before I left for the States. The enemy would have us believe that we are a fresher and cleaner version of our old selves. That our old selves are always there in the background. And that when we behave despicably, when the rose criticizes the can... Oh, that's just my old self. As long as we justify that behavior, well, it's just never going to be dealt with. But old things have died. They are dead. And everything has become new. And the Lord had spoken to me so, so clearly about that before we came to America. And now here's this dude. My cat's just died. I mean, like, how bizarre. Ma'am, I just kind of feel I need to say to you, old things have passed away. I need to process that even more. The last thing I want to say is, so the conference finished, and then the, the following few days we spent 
um, with the leaders of Bethel. We went to the Holiday Inn, and we spent the Holiday Inn. We spent the day there for a day. And one by one, they would come, and for an hour, we'd have the children's church guy, then the youth guy, then the prophetic guy, then the business guy, then the finance guy. And we just got to see the heartbeat of Bethel. And they were all still blown away by us. But we, we were just completely blown away by them as well. And the children's church dude as a name is a guy called Seth Dahl. And Seth is this amazing guy. And he works with the kids. And he said, I'm going to treat you like children now. So I want you please to close your eyes. And he takes us on a trip of imagination. He says, because kids have got an incredible imagination. He took us to the throne room of God. He took us to the throne room of heaven. And he said, and now, and there you can see the throne and the one on the throne. And you can see the lion and the eagle and all of those. And he said, now boldly walk up and climb up onto the lap of the one on the throne. And he's whispering as he speaks. And he says, now turn your back to him because we put our arms around him first and we loved him face to face. Then he says, now turn your back to him and snuggle in with your back against him and look out at the world through his eyes. See your world through the eyes of the one who created it. Now look more carefully and see your nation. Have a good long look at South Africa through the eyes of God. Now find your suburb. There's your house. There's your family. Oh, look, there's you. Have a look at yourself through the eyes of God. It was one of the most profound experiences I've ever, ever, ever had. And just the whole trip, the whole trip was just remarkable in every way and The thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is trying to process it all. You know, one of the things um, one of the guys said, let your head speak to your heart. Know yourself that well. When someone comes to you and says, how's your heart? Well, that question has to be asked out of a place of intimate relationship. Not just anyone can ask you how your heart is. But have you asked you how your heart is? And just that sense of knowing yourself so well that processing is easy. And that's something that I want to explore further because we've been through so much. Yes, and then we carried on to a church called The Mission. 1,200 people. Incredible leadership. Four men and their wives stood in front of us, sat in front of us on bar stools, and they just answered questions and just the most incredible servants of God. That was better than Bethel for us. Definitely saved the best for last. And the very last thing we did is one of their elders sat at the piano and sang over us prophetically. He sang from the Father's heart to us and then from us to the Father's heart. He sang a conversation between Father and us about us going home and bringing revival and bringing fire. And it was just an awesome time. Awesome, awesome time. And we're going to be unpacking it as time goes. It was just just amazing. And one of the prophetic words... Somebody came to me and just, one of the congregation, I think, I don't know, it was not a big name, and prayed for this congregation and had a specific word about manufacturing, that the Lord wanted to bless those in our community who are involved in manufacturing. And one of the things I'd like to do is anybody involved in manufacturing, I'd like in the next week or two to come to your, to your office to pray for you. 
to bless you. But I'd like, even now today, I would like you to stand in your seats where you are. If you're involved in manufacturing in any way or form, if you own a company or you're running a company or if you're manufacturing curtains or, or whatever it is, because I, I believe that I need to pass on what was passed on to me. And just in, in looking at that, it's, as a church so often, what we've done is we've divided what happens at church on a, on a Sunday and at prayer meetings and at uh, home groups from what happens in the marketplace. And I want to say to all you people in the marketplace that you are called by God to that. And you need to know that. And you need to know that when you go to the marketplace, when you go to, in fact, it applies to anything that you do. You go, you're a, te- you're a teacher. You go with the presence of God in you. You go with, with, with power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And you need to, uh, my prayer is that you would become more and more aware of the presence of God in you. Because He is the source of all favor. The closer and more aware we become of Him, the more outstanding the performance we seem to walk in. So if Jesus is our priority, if Jesus is your priority when you go to the office, as you're going to to to, to whatever you do, If he's your priority, we need to settle for nothing less than the fullness of what he paid for. And he came that we may have life and more in in its abundance. So the words of knowledge, prophecy, and all that is not just here for a Sunday morning. It's for the marketplace. And so I'm going to ask if you can stand. Anybody here involved in manufacturing in any form or way. I want you to stand. And I, I want to I bless you this, I want to bless you this morning. They, the, the word was that, that the Lord would, would prosper the manufacturing in our community. Just one other little story. A friend of mine in, in, we stayed with in Sausalito has a, had a dream. And in the dream, he had a little battery. A little battery not much bigger than an iPad. And in the battery, it was enough power to power a car. And so I, I prayed for him that that dream would come to fruition. That, that, and he's, he's negotiating with people in, in South Africa, because he, he lives in America, but he wants manufacturing in South Africa. And so I don't know what's going to happen, but he had a dream. And uh, so we're going to bless you guys now. So I want you all to, uh, to participate in this. If you're close to them, I want you to just lay hands on them. If you're not close, just stretch out your, your hands. Lord Jesus, we just, I just thank you for all these men and women here today. In the manufacturing that they are called to. I pray for your blessing. I pray for their production. I pray for production to increase. I pray for efficiency. I pray for words of knowledge and how to rearrange things, that things can be better. Lord Jesus, I pray for the more personnel that they're going to need as their companies expand and get bigger. The more personnel that they need. I pray, Lord, that you would bring them the right people. We ask, Lord, for the sales books. We ask for the sales books to be full, to overflowing. That we, and we ask them to just, just to bless that. We ask you that you would bless that. And Lord, with the financial side of the whole thing, we pray for the accountants and the men who, who, who are in charge of that. I pray, Lord, that you would give them supernatural wisdom to see what you are doing. And so I pray for the accountants and I pray your blessing on them. I pray, Lord, that they will have the mind of Christ. We pray for the CEOs, that you would give them direction, that you would give them certainty. 
And so we pray for research and development as well, for new products, for, for new ways of doing things. We, are, we release a spirit of, of, of abundance that, that, that many people will be employed. It's not just about bigger and better factories. It's about giving employment to, to all people. Isaiah 58, the more people we can give jobs, the more people we have off the street. And so we thank you, Lord, for that. We ask, Lord, that you would do that and that you would bless them. That they would uh, be led by you. And Lord, we thank you that it will be a joy. We thank you, Lord, that every day, every decision that they face tomorrow and in the weeks ahead in the business situation, they'll say, all right, Lord, what's the solution here? And so we pray, Lord, for your solution to them. And we pray, Lord, that they would rest in you. They would rest in what you have done. You have given them the mind of Christ, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and we just bless them. So we thank you for all those standing today. We bless them. We bless them with your presence. Thank you, Jesus. There is a, I would like, a, Milan, if you can come. Just, there's a song which we sing called Oceans. And in one of the lines it says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And I want that to be sung over the people who have, who have stood. I want us to sing it over them. Uh, because the Lord is going to take you... Uh, Deeper than in our natural minds we think we can go. But your Savior will be there with you. He will make you stronger. And it's His presence that makes the difference. We have an unfair advantage as, as believers. An unfair advantage in the, in the workplace. Let me tell you that. We have an unfair advantage because the Spirit of Jesus lives in us. <laughs> And so I want to see all the guys, all your, all your work prospering because of that. But know that at the end of the day, it's Jesus that does it. It's not us. And so the people here might be saying, well, it might be all right for that person or for somebody else. So put your hands on your hearts again and say, I believe. I believe, Lord. I believe. Let's sing that song over them. just say that if anyone needs a touch here, yeah. 